I'm Jim Wallace. Where do we go from here? You are bringing politics into the church. That's a frequently heard comment when pastors or leaders from a community bring things like an MLK Day service or event into their churches. I was speaking at the MLK service at the Millbrook Christian Reformed Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, known as one of the whitest cities in Michigan. And when I said that question, people were nodding their heads. Yes, they're accusing us of bringing politics into the church with a topic like tonight. The title for the evening was, Where Do We Go From Here?, which was the title of Dot King's last book. And given what's happening in this nation and given the profane words we've just heard from the Oval Office just days before MLK weekend, that's what many people are asking. Where in the world? Where in the world do we go from here? Often MLK birthday events are a little bit vague. Let's be better people. <laughs> let's make a better country. Or let's have a day of service honoring one of the greatest heroes in our nation's history. But it wasn't like that this year. You could feel the tension and the controversy in all the rooms where these services occurred and in the media coverage of them around the country. There was a sharp contrast evident between Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s vision of racial equity and healing and the contrary words uh, and behavior of a new president. Many feel is literally trying to move that King vision backwards. The words on MLK Day are always the words of King, visionary, inspiring, and they remind us of who we want to be and should be. But the words quoted at MLK Day services this year also included these profane, vile, hateful, ugly words that the president made in the Oval Office during a meeting on immigration about countries in Africa, about Haiti, about El Salvador, how he would prefer immigrants come from places like Norway than places where people of color come from. I said to the crowd in Grand Rapids, I said, well, here's the ladies from Washington. There is no evidence so far of any increase in immigration from Norway. <laughs> Indeed, the Norwegians are embarrassed that they were brought up in the conversation, and most Norwegians I know uh, wouldn't want to come to a country that talked the way our president just did about people from Africa, Haiti, and El Salvador. On the plane out there, I read a New York Times piece that interviewed members of black churches from across the country. It's worth repeating what they said in the article. They said they saw America slipping back into an earlier, uglier version of itself. And when Mr. Trump used crude words to describe Haiti and African countries in an immigration discussion, they said he was voicing what many Americans were thinking, even if it was something they no longer felt comfortable saying, that America prefers white people. That line at the end struck me. People of color across this country heard that message. We all heard it, that America prefers white people. I think the issue in what was said in the White House is not the profanity. Presidents swear. We all know that. It was a stated preference for white people. And that's felt every day by so many families, parents of color in this country. 
what I call America's original sin of racism lingers on, and they and many others see it, members of black churches, it lingers in our systems, our structures, our cultural narratives, and even now top-level meetings in the White House. From racialized slavery to the institutional continuation of white preference from the current president of the United States, that sin was felt at every MLK service around the country, and it hurt. It really hurt. The White House didn't deny that hateful language at first, but then their surrogates did, and then it was revealed that these are the words that were spoken. And it left the nation asking a very damning question on the day when we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. The question is, is the president both a racist and a liar? Even that we're asking that question is a very painful thing. Very embarrassingly, Donald Trump spent his day of service golfing at his private Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Springs, But what's in Donald Trump's heart is not the question, I don't think. It's what's in our heart. It's not whether his faith is real, but whether ours is. It isn't his swearing. It's his racial preference for white people over people of color and his implementation of policies, policies that support that preference. That's the issue. King said in his letter from a Birmingham jail, he said, We will have to repent in this generation not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. I quoted that to this large group of Christians that came out on a snowy night in Grand Rapids, a standing room-only crowd of people who wanted to be good people. I asked whether in this present moment King might say, we will have to repent not merely for the words of the openly racist bigots threatening their violence, but the silence of white Christians who didn't speak up for faith and justice. At this moment, we need to bring theology back into our churches. It isn't politics, it's theology. The deepest legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was he wasn't just a civil rights leader, he was a preacher, he was a Baptist minister. He talked about what God wanted. He talked about what the scripture said. And sin is the right word to use for racism. Because it's something that seeks to undermine the very creation of human beings made in the image of God, equally valued, no exceptions, loved, being the children of God. That's what's at stake here. It's theology, deeper than politics. We must get to a place where racism and our response to it are not identified as liberal or conservative issues. We need political leaders across our spectrum that stand up to racism to address both explicit and implicit biases. I think this year the MLK days of celebration were different because the words of our president just days before that celebration turned those days into not just days of commemoration, but days of commitment the commitment we all now have to make. I close the evening in Grand Rapids with one of my favorite quotations from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that I think speaks directly to this time and how many of us are feeling. Here's what he said. When our days become dreary with low hovering clouds of despair, 
and when our nights become darker than a thousand midnights, let us remember that there is a creative force in this universe working to pull down the gigantic mountains of evil, a power that is able to make a way out of no way and transform dark yesterdays into bright tomorrows. Let us realize that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Even though we feel dreary days, let's remember that the arc of the universe is long and feels long at times like this, but it bends toward justice. This is Jim Wallace. God bless you.